Before we jump into this episode, you know that I love collaborating with other business owners because the more we support each other, the more we will collectively grow. And that's why I want to tell you about an incredible event that I am thrilled to be part of, hosted by one of our wonderful podcast guests, Wendy Collier. You're invited to experience Ticket to Freedom in its 10th season. This free event is a virtual learning retreat with business building and spiritual growth gifts where myself and a panel of other heart-centered, high-integrity leaders are helping you fulfill your purpose, grow your business with authenticity and soul fuel, and attract more soulmate clients without sacrificing what is most important to you or spending your life on social media. And you know I am all about all of those things. So head over to wendycollier.com slash Kelly to save your free seat before registration closes on May the 7th. That's W-E-N-D-Y-C-O-L-L-I-E-R.com forward slash K-E-L-L-Y. Well, I have been sitting on this very special episode of Entrepreneur School for a few weeks now. And I'll be honest, after I finished recording with this guest, I was so pumped. (laughs) I was like feeling so excited, so energized, so inspired. And I hope that that's how you leave this conversation feeling as well. It's truly, it was a great honor to be able to speak with Keaton Hoskins, uh, aka The Muscle (laughs) from Instagram, who has built many successful multi-million dollar businesses and is at that like truly next level financially. If you follow his Instagram, you'll see that this man owns a helicopter, etc., which feels very sort of disconnected from my reality down here in Cochrane, Alberta, in my basement where I'm recording this. Keaton definitely did not know that <laughs> when he was on my podcast, but that's okay. And I just loved that we had this conversation talking about redefining success. It's something I feel that as entrepreneurs, there's a, and just in society, there's this belief that we have that success really equates to the financial results that you have in your bank account. And he shares so openly and honestly about his journey to becoming a millionaire and all of the regrets that he has from along the way. So I hope that you love this episode as much as I loved recording it and rewatching it. And at the end, if you stay tuned all the way to the end, I'm going to make sure that I tell you a little bit more about the story of how this came to be. So if you want a little bit more insider information, make sure that you listen to the whole thing. Enjoy. This is the Entrepreneur School Podcast, where we believe you can run a thriving business and still make your family a priority. This show is all about supporting you, the emerging or early stage entrepreneur on your journey from solopreneur to CEO while wearing all of the other hats in your life. My name is Kelly Sinclair, and I'm a brand and marketing strategist who started a business with two kids under three. I'm a corporate PR girl turned entrepreneur after I learned the hard way that life is too short to waste doing things that burn you out. On this show, you'll hear inspiring stories from other business owners on their journey and learn strategies to help you grow a profitable business while making it all fit into the life that you want. Welcome to Entrepreneur School.
Okay, Keaton Hoskins, welcome to Entrepreneur School. I am actually so pumped about this conversation. One, you just did an epic event recently with the likes of Ed Milet and Gary Vee and huge speakers. So it's great to be in your presence. <laughs> and oh, you, you. Amazing. And you have built so many incredibly successful businesses. So I'm really excited to hear about, you know, how you did that and how you did that as a parent. You have four daughters. And so let's have a chat about it. So the first thing I really would love to dig into is, you know, I think we have this societal definition of success and what that looks like. And it kind of sets us up for failure a little bit in terms of like we have this vision of it has to be all this money and all this fancy stuff. Can you talk about like how success, how you define success and how that's maybe shifted over time as you were first starting out as an entrepreneur and now getting to the point where you, you know, you own a helicopter? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. You know, it's funny you say how it started and how it is now because success really has been defined completely different for me from the very beginning to now. You know, when you're younger, your your definition of success is I just want to succeed and make a ton of money. And the more money I make, the more successful I'll be. And then as you start to really mature, you find out really quick, it's not money. There's no real success in money. In fact, some of the most miserable people I've ever met are those who just seek and chase money. And as I've gotten older, and and it sounds like we're the same age, what are we, 37? We're 37. As I've gotten older, I have found that there's a really, really simple answer to success, and it's, it's being present. Most people live in the past, and most people live in the future. Very few people live in the present. It's one of the reasons why depression is so rampant and anxiety is so high in our culture and in our society. Because so many people don't understand the concept that really the only thing that matters is this actual present moment. You know, you've got a million things going on right now and a million things you're going to do later today. But the truth is, is how well this podcast happens is how present you are right now with me. And so in my definition, it's those who are able to be present in the current moment that they're in. And in doing so, They're able to make the right decisions, find the joy, find the peace, find the happiness, let go of the depression, let go of the anxiety. And in that, you actually get what you seek in life. It's Mm -hmm. funny that it's literally called the present because it is a gift. It's given to us and then it's gone. And our problem is is that we live from past to past to past. We never live in the present moment to the next present moment. And so for me, it's so simple now. It's just being present And the more present I am, the more successful I feel. Absolutely. And, you know, there's a lot to that goes into that. It isn't as simple necessarily. It's why they call it a practice, right, of being present. And and has that shifted for you? Like if you think back to when you first were getting started in business before you had all the things and the money and everything like that, did it look different? Was it more challenging maybe? It was it was so different because. For me, I've never really struggled with thinking or or staying in the past. I've never had that problem. My problem has always been anxiously awaiting the future. When I was 21 years old, I decided I wanted to be a millionaire and I had nothing. I had nothing. I had no money, no help. And from 21 to 30, I told myself I wanted to be a millionaire by the time I was 30. Now I accomplished that, but 
I was so focused on the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. I could tell you right now, I literally wasted 21 to 30 because all I did was chase money and chase success. And my children grew up and my first wife, who I divorced because of this, I I suffered so much. And then I specifically remember when I was 30 and I remember seeing my bank account for the first time at a million dollars and 13 grand. And I remember sitting in my living room and I thought, why don't I feel different right now? Like, why doesn't this feel different? Why, why didn't something just click and like, I'm a millionaire now, like this is it. And I realized, and I got actually emotional. I thought, holy shit. I just wasted 10 years to get this. And it means very, very little. And and so from that point, by the time I turned 30, my quest, my idea of what success was completely changed. And I realized the most important thing to me was exactly what you asked. It was time and being present in the current moment and the time that you have with people and the relationships that you create. And I realized that no matter what I do from here on out, Even if I'm not a multi-billionaire by the time I'm 40, I would rather be able to say, you know what? I I was in every every single present moment that I needed to be in. And and that's when it, I mean, literally it changed. Now, again, you talked about practicing it. That takes a ton of work because your mind automatically, especially when you've conditioned it from 21 to 30 to just think about the future, think about the future, plan for the future. I realized that it was going to take a lot of work and a lot of effort, but I can tell you today, I do not struggle about being in the current moment. Literally right before this call, I got a million things going on. I'm actually going to Las Vegas in like two hours. So I'm jumping on a jet. I've got a million things going on. And my daughter, she's two. She said, dad, will you dance with me? So literally I'm (laughs) right before this call, I'm upstairs in my room and we're dancing for 20 minutes. And I got a million things I could think about and, get ready for and prepare for. I mean, even this call. And I didn't, I didn't, I didn't think about anything else, but that exact moment. And in that exact moment, I was right there with my two-year-old dancing in my bathroom. And to me, 100%, that is success to the highest degree because her life and her moment and my life and my moment was in those 20 minutes and I've got a million things that I'm going to go do for the rest of the day, right? And I'm not going to see her and probably till tomorrow. But in that current moment, I was exactly there. And that, again, is all, that's the only thing I care about the rest of my life. And the success that I seek will always just be that. Be here right now in this present moment. And again, like I tell you, and I know you got a million things going on. That's the same thing I say to you. Like, be here with me right now. This is our moment. And this is our present and current time to be together, to connect. Hopefully there's hundreds of thousands of people that listen to this and that they're here listening at this moment. Like, you know what? I'm driving in the car, but I need to be present right here for this because there's something here that I'm to learn that will change my life. And if I'm thinking about yesterday or I'm focused on tomorrow, this whole podcast that I'm even going to listen to is going to, it's going to sweep by and I'm not going to take anything from it. It, it literally is about being present. Wow. Yeah. Oh, so many, so many things there. And I was getting all emotional going, yeah. Like how many times has a parent put themselves in the position where they're like, ah, no, I don't have time to watch a movie with you because I have to like finish this thing for work. And, 
you know, like all of the sort of those little choices that we have to make on a daily basis about this or that. And without thinking about sort of the impact that we'll have later if we reflect back on those choices that we made. Exactly. Exactly. And and we miss that so much when we're not willing to be present. And I'll, I will say this because I know there's people that will listen to this that will say, I feel like I'm drowning because I don't have enough money and I, I'm losing it every part of my life. It's hard to be present because yeah. you're thinking about the bills that are coming tomorrow and you're thinking about, you know, even I have cancer and I'm thinking about what's next. Like it's really hard to be present. And so, you know, one of the reasons why people put money and success together is because if you have enough money, if you're smart, it does allow you to be in the present moment. You're not focused on your bills. I don't even know what my bills are. I'm able to have that moment with my daughter 20, 30 minutes ago because I don't care about what's tomorrow because I'm okay because financially I've done the things I need to do to be okay and to be in this current moment. Yeah. So, you know, when it comes to like business and achieving financial success, let's just call it financial success and not be a broad definition of what success is. One thing that a lot of people think about is like goals, right? Like we got to set goals. We've got to be ambitious. We got to, you know, put a a fence post out there that we want to get across. Now, how do you like reconcile that, like the setting of goals and the desire for things and achievements with the presence along the journey? Well, so, you know, one of the things you talked about when we first got on the call, and again, it's an honor to meet you. I, I, you know, I didn't know anything about you or the podcast, but you talked about success in family and in business and all of those things. And the truth is, and and I know I'm going to kick against a lot of opinions here. The truth is, is there is balance in life. And everybody that says otherwise is just a coward and isn't willing to put in the work. Like people will say, we can't have balance and success. And that's bullshit. Like people will say, well, if you want to be successful, you got to just focus on one thing. You don't do anything else. And that's not true. It's just really hard. It's really hard to put time into yourself, into your family, into your friends, into your business. I mean, in all of those things, you got to be able to do it. And then it's possible, but it's really, really hard. And so I say, this is what I tell people when, when talking about this, you know, being present and the whole thing. So I teach I have a mentor program called Limitless Society. That's what the event was and everything else. And I teach five principles and it's based around balance, right? The five principles of success, whatever you want, however you want to label it. And it's really simple. You have to, number one, be physically healthy, mentally healthy, emotionally healthy, and then spiritually healthy. And if you do those four, you're financially healthy. The Mm. problem is, is that most people focus on one financial health and they fuck off the rest of it and the rest of it is really what's most important and that's the problem when you read you you meet somebody who's rich and they're miserable because they've only done the one and they didn't do the rest that are really really important so for those who are seeking real success and again if you're just looking to be rich i'm not the person to talk to there's so many other people who are so much more rich than i am but if you seek the exact life that you want. There will not be another person on this planet that will know better than I do. I'm not the richest. I'm not. But I am one of the very few on this planet who literally have every single piece of their life that they want. My family, my friends, my health, my money, all of my successes. It's all together. Now, you're right. I'm not a billionaire. And maybe one day I will be. 
But my success is the balance of all of those staples that I said. And all four of those first ones are way more important than the fifth. And if you focus on those four, the fifth always follows. One of my favorite quotes um, is Jim Rohn talks about, if you work as hard at your job or other way around, if you work as hard on yourself as you do at your job, you'll become way, way, way more successful. But so many people just work on their job because it's money, right? Yeah. But true success is progression in all things. And that's where you, I mean, really, for those who are listening, that's where you need to find yourself is in personal development in all of those categories. And then, and then the last one, the least important that everybody puts out front, then you become financially successful. Right. And- And the only other thing I would say, and just because you asked, I have spent, and I say this because I've made the mistakes. I have spent the first 10 years of my career, so from when I was 20 to 30, chasing success. I spent it chasing it. And I imagine you probably chased it too. And then you find out, and this will be the best piece of information I can give anybody ever. Success is not pursued. It's attracted. And you can only attract it by becoming attractive to it. And the way you become attractive to it is by working on yourself, your personal growth and your personal development. And when you do those things, success comes. And I'm talking financial, spiritual, mental, emotional, physical, all of those things. And then it comes and you realize, oh, shit, I've been pursuing it like I could chase it. And what I should have been doing is working on me to become attractive to it. And then it comes. Exactly. So I was going to say what you're saying is that the financial success is really the outcome of you working on those other things. The byproduct. Yeah. Yeah. I I love it. And again, the reason I love sharing this is because I was an idiot and I thought that I could chase it down and I just burned everything to the ground. And then I looked at that bank account and I went, what the hell am I doing? My kids don't know who I am. I'm divorced. I have no happiness inside of me and I haven't been present for 10 years. I pissed away 10 years so my bank account could show that number. There's no success in that. Zero. That is just like, thank you for that transparency because I do believe that what what a lot of us feel is like, well, when I get to X, then I'm going to feel differently. I'm going to be able to act differently and behave differently. And then I'll be able to, you know, have these moments. You know, I I actually started my business when I lost my mom to breast cancer. And these are the things that make you really aware of time and how precious it is and how you don't have, you can never get it back. And so on a daily basis, just remembering like how to prioritize that. It's I love that. That is so beautiful. You know, one, so one of the things that I teach, because people ask, like, how do you get in that perspective? The one you just said, the most beautiful perspective in the whole world, you just label. And I, it's a really simple principle. Yeah, Marcus Aurelius taught, he said, you should contemplate death on a daily basis. And the reason he said that is because death puts us in perspective. And what happened? Your mom got cancer and her death became part of your perspective. And that perspective changed everything about who you are to your core Mm -hmm. because you realized when she goes, nothing I will have accomplished 
really matters. The only thing that matters is the present moments that I had with her. That's when life like really finds true meaning for us. And that's when we actually shift into who we're supposed to be. And the problem is, and this is what I'm going to spend the rest of my life doing, is most people, and this is Ed Milet's quote, most people think everybody else is going to die. They don't think they're going to die. And that's when, when that shift happens and you go, I'm going to, I'm going to die one day. And I don't, I don't want to just be rich. I want everything that this life has to offer. And the only way for me to have that is to be present in the moments that, that life has given me. I can't imagine, I can't imagine a greater hell than standing with God and him showing you your life in a glimpse and saying, look at all of these beautiful moments that I created for you. And not one time did you stop and just be present in that moment that I created for you. And you're going to look back and go, man, that, that time with my father was so important. That time with my mom was so important. And he's going to say, yeah, but your bank account looks so great, doesn't it? It doesn't matter. Yeah. What matters is that I gave you your mother until you were 20 or 25. And you didn't take the time and the moments to have that I gave you. And I can guarantee you, if I asked you for all your money back for more time with her and a present moment with her, you'd go, here, take it all. So again, you ask that question, what's true success? It's being present in the moment that we're given. 100%, it's just being present. And money helps. Yeah. But that's not what success is. Yeah. So was there a specific moment for you like that you can think of that where there was a turning point in either your perspective of this or your awareness of this? Yeah. So my speech at the event, I spoke about my father. My father, um, he died when I was 21 years old. He actually was sick most of my life. And I was a Mormon missionary. And I decided that I was going to go on a mission And when I decided that, most people don't know this about missionaries. Missionaries go all over the world and they don't really speak to their families because they kind of stay focused on the work. So you really only write letters. You don't do phone calls. You don't do, they didn't have FaceTime back then, obviously. And when I decided to go, I actually had a conversation with both my mother and my father. and, And they said, Hey, dad probably won't be here when you get back. And you need to understand what you're signing up for. We support you, but we need you to understand, right? My dad actually ended up living about 90 days after I got home. And when I got home and he fought like hell. In fact, that's what my speech was on at at the event was my father's fight while I was gone. And then all the way to when I got home. And, And when I got home and... I watched him die. He actually died in my arms. He, uh, my, my mom called me at three in the morning and said, hey, I need you to come home and I need you to tell your father it's okay to go. So I came three in the morning. I put my hands on my dad and I just said, dad, you've done what you needed to do and I'll take it from here. I love you. Like you need to let go. You need to stop fighting. And then he passed away a few hours later. But you were and 21. I was 21 years old. I had the absolute honor of carrying my father out of our home and putting him in an ambulance. And when I carried him out, the people there were like, how did this guy live so long? Like his body stopped a long time ago. And I knew what it was. I knew he had made me a promise when I left. He's like, I'll be here. 
I promise you I'll be here. And and he fought for that 100%. Like his body quit way before it died. And I realized on his deathbed and those last few hours, I realized like life is not what we think it is. It's uh, It's much, much shorter. And it gave me a powerful, powerful perspective about what truly is important. My father was a nine to fiver. He was the CEO of a big company. He was very successful in, in that realm. And the last two years of his life, they, they kicked him out. The board kicked him out because he was too sick. So the safety net and all the things that he had taught was total bullshit. He told me, go to college, get a degree, nine to five, 401k. And, and then he told me that was the safer out. Well, the last few weeks of his life, he, he told me the regrets he had was to not have me chase my dreams. And I said, dad, you don't got to worry about that. I'm not going to do nine to five. I can't, I can't work for anybody. I've watched what has happened to you and I can't live this way. So as he died, I specifically remember sitting in my living room while he was actually there. I was kind of allowing my, my siblings to mourn the fact that our father had passed. And as I sat there, I specifically remember the impact and the, the actual twist and change of perspective. And it was really, really simple. And it was, it was Keaton, you don't really know how long you have. And you may only live until you're 47 like your dad. And if that's the case, then you should get every single thing out of this life that you seek. And this life has zero rules. There's no rules. And then I specifically remember a saying that I live and die by now coming to me. And it was, I would rather sink on my own ship than I would sail on somebody else's. Meaning I will never be able to work for somebody. I have to start building businesses. I have to start doing that. And so with the mixture of two things, I can't work for somebody and life is too short, I put that into my mind. That's one of the reasons why leaving that home that day, I said, I will be a millionaire because I will not be in this position. I won't do it. And the other reason it was so important to me, and again, the the reason why I've learned what I've learned is I made a commitment to my father to take care of my siblings and my mother. And I knew what that meant when I made that commitment because he was so worried. The last conversations we had, he said, I'm so scared to leave because I, I want to make sure your mother and, and your siblings are taken care of. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I said, dad, don't worry about that. I got this. Promise you I got this. And so when he died in my mind, I thought, you got to be better. You have to be a, an entrepreneur. You have to provide. You know, we talk all the time about Ed Milet, and he talks about being the one, right? Well, I knew that had to be me. I didn't even really have a choice because my father died and my family needed somebody to step up. So that's why I became so obsessed with success by the time I was 30, because I knew in my mind what my plan was. And all along the way, I, I bought some of my siblings their first houses, things my father would have done. I paid for my my youngest sister. She was 12 when my father died. I paid for her first vehicle, something my father would have done. And then and then eight, eight, oh man, eight months ago, I uh the the most the greatest experience I've ever had. I brought my mom in here. This is my office, and I sat her on my couch and I said, Hey mom. I made a commitment 
to dad that I would take care of you. And, and so from here on out, you're no longer going to worry about money. I'm going to retire you. Now you can do whatever you want, but you no longer have to worry about money. I gave her a debit card. I said, you don't need to know anything. You just need to swipe it. You don't need to follow anything. I'm not giving you cash. I'm literally just saying you're free. You're free from the worries of that because that's what dad needed me to do. And from here on out, you live the life you want to live. You do whatever you want to do. I don't care what it is. You do whatever you want to do. Don't check your bank account. You don't, I'm taking care of it. And the reason again, that that was so crucial to me is because that was a commitment in which I had made to my father on his deathbed that I was able to, to make happen. Now, here's the thing. Again, you, you know, you talk about success. Listen, I'm, I'm pretty successful financially. I'm okay for a 37-year-old. I've done some good things. I'm probably not in a position to just go ahead and hand out millions and millions of dollars to my mom and say, hey, just do whatever you want. But what was important to me as somebody who really sought success was that, hey, Keaton, in this present moment, you are really, really blessed. And I know you want more money, but I think it's really important right now that you start retiring your mom now. Like she's 58 years old. Let's let her have her life. She's my mom. She's crazy. She'll probably live to a hundred, <laughs> but like, like give her the next 40 years to never have to worry about money ever again. And being, being in the current moment and being present is really the only thing that allowed me to do that. And, and so again, just to circle back with what you asked, like, if success and financial success is what I saw, I never would have done that with my mom. I would have said, no way, I'm going to keep that money because I want to pack and pack and pack that bank account. That's mm -hmm. not success. Mm -hmm. Success is being a 36-year-old young man saying, hey, mom, you don't have to worry. Anymore. I love it. That's success to me. Yeah. Ooh, that took me on like a full emotional roller coaster, reliving my own experience with my mom's death, obviously, um, too. But one thing that you did mention in there was talking about like chasing your dreams. And that's an interesting topic to discuss because there's that sort of limitation, I guess, that we sometimes feel like, oh, well, I need things that are safe and secure. And like, I will dream within what feels realistic rather than like something that feels entirely unattainable and setting that for yourself. You know, it, you know, I keep referencing back this last weekend, literally my talk, what I spoke on and why Ed Milet was so happy with what I, what I spoke on. It was, it was that that's what my father taught me. My dad wasn't a dreamer. He, like I said, he was a nine to fiver. Mm -hmm. But when I, when I left on my mission, I had a conversation with him in the kitchen. And for the first time in my entire life, I was 19 years old. I saw him have a dream, like a real dream. And I knew, I knew it was a dream because it had finally created a vision in him. And one of the things I spoke on was that there's two things that we do in our life. We dream and we daydream and we give up dreaming at about 10 years old and mm -hmm. we switch daydreaming and daydreaming just wastes time and dreaming creates visions. I learned at 19 that even an old man 
or he was old at that time. And so I guess only 10 years older than we are now. <laughs> I learned at that time that a real dream creates a vision. And so when he sat down with me at the kitchen table and he said, hey, I know what the doctor said. I know what your mom said. I'm going to be here when you were, when you get home. I realized that that was a legit dream. The first real dream he had. And I'm not kidding. He was hooked up to oxygen. Like he was sick. I, I didn't think my father was going to be there when I got home. So when I saw him say that, I knew, I knew it was a dream. And I saw the vision. The vision was created in him. And so, you know, when I left and I went on my mission and I would get letter after letter from my mom, like, I don't know how long he has. I just don't know how long he has. And then every week, week by week, I would get another letter from him and it would say the same shit. Hey, work, stay focused. I'm doing what I need to do. And the third piece to what I spoke on and what he taught me, the most important part to the dream and the vision is that you must then execute on the dreams that you're given. And that's what my dad did. He would, it's so funny. He would get up with his oxygen tank and he would walk around the block. Like he was just doing enough to keep his body alive so he could be there when his son got home, right? And that's what I spoke on. That's what he taught me. And, you know, for your listeners, like when you're hearing this, you should question, am I daydreaming or am I dreaming? And if I'm dreaming, what is the vision? And if I do have the vision, am I executing on it every single day? And if I'm not, why am I not? Because for me, a 47-year-old man whose body was done, it was done. I told you I carried him out of my living room. And literally the, the, the nurses, they were like, I could hear them. Obviously, they didn't think I was listening. I could hear them. They said, this, guy, this guy's body gave up a long time ago. And we don't know why he's still here. And I specifically remember answering that question to me. They, you know, because I heard him, we don't know how he's, and I, I remember saying, I know why he's still here because he had a dream and a vision that was really clear that he executed on every single day to get here. The reason, and this is the one thing I left out, the reason my mom called me and said, I need you to come at three in the morning was because she knew the dream was still so clear in his mind that the body had shut down. And the mind would not let go. Mm. So when I came at three in the morning, I put my hands on my dad's shoulders and I literally, I whispered to him, I said, dad, you've accomplished the dreams that you set out for. Let go. You, you did everything. Let go. And then he passed away. And it was merely because his mind would not let go of the dream and the vision. It was so clear. And so for me, like, again, and, and this is the whole thing of what I teach in Limitless Society is if you don't dream, you got to figure out how to start dreaming again. And how do you decipher between dreams and daydreaming? Well, it's the one that creates the vision. And then as soon as you are blessed with the vision, then you got to execute. And that's the other piece that we, even as entrepreneurs, we fall short on. <laughs> we have a dream and a goal, and then it turns into a vision and we start the business and then we don't execute on that which we set out to do in the first place because it's too hard, because we're too scared, because we're too nervous, because we're, we don't want to risk. But the truth is, is that the only way through all that darkness into our dream is to execute on the vision that we have. And again, that's that's the only thing I ever learned. It's the only thing I needed to learn from a dying father. Mm. I feel like 
you just have to trust yourself, right? That and that it's not nobody here saying that that's an easy thing to do. No. And you know, all of that experience and all that perspective and the constant like getting pulled off to the side because you're, you know, going down a rabbit hole and then bringing yourself back to the present and it's a journey. It's what I'm hearing you say. It's what I've experienced as well in six years of running my own business. And that's what I would love to, you know, make sure that we're clear about with anybody listening to this. Well, 100%. And and again, and I know that we we keep going back ultimately to the things that we started to talk about, but how do you trust yourself? Well, that's called self-development. That's personal development. That's working on yourself. The mm-hmm. truth is the only way to build confidence and trust in yourself is to keep your word. And the only way to do that is by practicing it. So again, I have these entrepreneurs because of course I, you know, I started Limitless Society literally a year ago. And all I said was, I want to make 10 millionaires this year. That was literally it. I didn't even know what the hell I was doing. I was like, I want to make 10 millionaires. I've started 35 businesses and I'm done doing that. I'm not really done starting businesses, but I was like, I'm done doing that. I want to help people and I want to make millionaires. And so I had thousands and thousands and thousands of messages come in and I realized like, okay, so now I got to build a program. So I start this program and I realized immediately it's not about being an entrepreneur. It's not about systems and strategies and infrastructure. You can only be as successful as you yourself personally develop. So if you work on you Every single thing falls into place. The truth is, is even on this podcast we're doing, everything we've said can be found on YouTube for free. Everything that we're talking about, any kind of program or system can be found. That's not that's not what this is about. It's about being able to do. And you can't do if you don't trust yourself, if you don't have confidence, if you're not disciplined, if you're not willing to put in the work, if you're not motivated. And all of those things is only one thing. It's personal development. So again, you can have a dream and you can get the vision and then you can throw it to the wayside because you're not willing to execute. And you already know what you need to execute on. So you go back all the way to the beginning. And this is what I've realized in Limitless Society is let's work on us. Mm -hmm. Let's work on us. And the more that we work on us, the greater and more success we find in our business and our relationships as a father, as a mother, as a parent, as a spouse. Mm -hmm. And then then everything succeeds. The first question that I ask, I know this is a little bit of a tangent, but the first question I ask when I mentor people in their business, literally because we get on a phone call and they're thinking I'm just going to blast them with information. I say to them, how is your marriage? That's the first question I ask when I start mentoring business owners. How's your marriage? Hmm. And then, you know, it's I almost always get the same, same answer. Oh, it's a six or a seven. And I go, awesome. Your business will always be a six or a seven. And they, they're like, they look at me like I'm an idiot. And I say, your business will never be more successful than your marriage is. Just won't. So we got to start there. Now, if you tell me you're a nine in your marriage, then we'll move on and we'll go to something else. But that's the way that it works. That's why personal development is so important. It's why that whole quote of if you work as hard on yourself as you have on your business, you will create a fortune, not just some financial uh, stability. You will create a fortune. And, And that's, I think, what this whole podcast is about. Yeah, absolutely. And so as we wrap up, because there's been so many amazing stories and lessons in what you've talked about. So thank you so much. Do you have one 
thing that you want to say, piece of advice, inspiration, whatever, to help an entrepreneur to get started? Yeah. I would say the most important piece of advice that that I would tell somebody who wants to start a business, like an actual somebody who's like ready to do this. And I know this is going to be deep, so hopefully you don't mind. I love it. <laughs> you, you should go. You should. You should go back to whoever you remember yourself being at your youngest age. You know, I remember as about as early as six years old. You should go back to that person. And you should ask that person if the person you are today is who they need. And if you can answer in all honesty, yes, it's exactly who that person needs, then you're good. You're ready to rock and roll. If it's not, then you have a lot of work to do until you are ready to become the entrepreneur you need to be. Most people struggle, and this is a very common denominator, most people struggle with confidence. And the reason they struggle with confidence is because they are not the the adult that their younger self needed. So when I was six years old, my dad was always sick. We always struggled with money. I love my father. He was not a leader. He wasn't. He was a follower. That's why he was a nine to fiver. When I was six, like... I was always scared. I was scared about where money was going to be. I was scared about where to turn when chaos hit. I was scared. I was just there. I was always scared. I needed, I needed somebody to step in and be a leader. I needed somebody who was financially strong. I needed a spiritual giant. I needed someone who would be present with me in really, really important moments. I needed somebody who would say they were proud of me. And again, I'm not, I'm not speaking ill of my father. There was just a lot of shortcomings. And the man I am today is 100% the man that I needed when I was six years old. And that's why I crush in any business I do, because I'm a leader. I know how to finance. I know how to make decisions. I'm good. I'm passionate. I, I have empathy, sympathy. I'm hard. I'm stern. I have boundaries. All of those things that it takes to be a great leader and business owner. And so now I can do those things. It's so crazy how trauma and and issues of us growing up is the same reason why we're not successful in our business. And even people listening to this who aren't really willing to go deep aren't going to make the connection. They're going to say, well, I'm I'm not selling what I need to be selling. That's why my business sucks. And the truth is, if I dive in with you for five minutes, I'm going to realize it's because you're not a good leader and because you can't set boundaries and because you haven't been honest. And that's who your six or seven or eight or whoever you remember, that's who they need. And you're not being that. And so for me, when you ask that simple question, like, What is the one piece of advice? Go back to the youngest version you can remember and have a conversation with that person. And then you come back in real truth and tell me, are you who they needed then? And if you are, you're ready to, you're ready to kick the shit out of business. (laughs) And if you're not, then identify what you are not and work on it like a savage until you become that. And then when you start a business, you're going to laugh about how easy it is. It, it is so easy. Just it's. Mm. Oh, I, uh, well, that's exciting. <laughs> exciting is obviously um, 
a lot of work to do to get to that point and, and awareness and acknowledgement. And um, I hope that people feel empowered to explore that from having listened to this conversation. And thank you so much for sharing everything that you have today. Please go and check out Keaton at the Limitless Society. I will put all of the links, how to find him on all the places in the show notes. And I just, I really appreciate you being here today. Absolutely. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. So here's a little behind the scenes of how this episode came to be because one, I did not know who Keaton Hoskins was before this episode. I was actually pitched as a podcaster. It's fun to get pitches. Um, I get quite a lot of them for different guests and I quite honestly ignore most of them because generally they're not good. They are PR companies or podcast pitching agencies who are just trying to get their people on as many shows as possible. I mean, they don't, they don't take the time to actually listen in, figure out what's a good fit and why it would be a good fit for a particular show. So I generally ignore most of them. And I'm going to be honest with you, I have never interviewed a man on this show before. I have just, it just so happens that it's been all women and I dedicate the show primarily to moms. But when I saw this name come across my desk, I looked into it a little bit more and I was intrigued by this person given that they have a very big audience. He has like 1.5 million Instagram followers and I'm thinking, wow, okay. <laughs> I feel like it's worth exploring this further. And then when I looked into Keaton and I saw that he has four daughters, he has another one on the way actually. He is a family man and he has been a successful entrepreneur and I thought it would be really great to get the perspective from the other side of what it looks like to parent in business and also have the opportunity to talk to somebody about success and how they think about that differently as someone who's kind of quote gone through it all. So anyways, I got this pitch and I was like me and then I was like, okay, fine, let's talk. And finally, we got this schedule that I started following him on social media and seeing he's pulling off these huge events with his Limitless Society with people that I totally admire, like Ed Milet, Jen Gottlieb. I'm just blown away to have kind of had this ability to get into this presence and connection and create a relationship with this person now who, who knows where it could lead. Because quite honestly, I will tell you, he is doing another event coming up in the spring and it's going to feature a lot of huge speakers and I want to go. I want to I want to be on that stage someday. So what does that look like, right? It means it means being open to possibilities and creating relationships like this. So it's just a little bit of the behind the scenes story of how this came to be, which Keaton doesn't really know at all. Because he didn't even know he had people who were pitching him to be honest. So that's awesome. And I'm glad that it all kind of worked out in a very magical, universally instituted way. It worked out in a very sympathico. It was all synergy. I'm really glad that it worked out in this way. So send me a message. Um, if you listen to this episode, I want to know what you think about it. See you next week. You did it. You just listened to another episode of the Entrepreneur School podcast. 
It's like you just went to business school while you folded your laundry, prepped dinner, or picked up your kids at school. Thank you so much for being here. I want to personally celebrate your commitment to growing your business. You can imagine I'm throwing confetti for you right now. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave us a review. Make sure you're subscribed and let us know you're listening by screenshotting this episode and tagging us on Instagram. Head to entrepreneurschool.ca for tons of tools and resources to help you grow your business while keeping your family a priority. You can subscribe to our email list and join our community. And until next time, go out there and do the thing.